Have you ever had a hallucination? Yeah, I remember during my first episode, I thought I could talk to my father through my computer. Um, I could hear his voice very clearly just having a conversation with me, and the computer screen was completely blank. My boyfriend was the one who had to tell me to like step away because there was nothing there. It can be pretty scary. Hey y'all, it's Onika. And JR. And you are dishing with Dainty Dish. How you doing, JR? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Um, school's been going really, really well. I have several classes coming up in February um, that I have to take for my peer support worker training. Um, Mental Health 101 should be pretty interesting, as well as peer support training one. And there are actually four levels to that, but I'm not sure my school's offering the other three, so I have to look into that on my own. Uh, work's been, you know, uh, obviously I'm actually, you know, cause of the help that you've been giving me, I'm looking for something a little different. I'm looking to get into peer support work and I really appreciate all the help that you have given me. You've been awesome. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't take praise very well, apparently. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted to talk today about something I read in the news recently. Um, it actually happened in November, but I've been following this story for a couple of years now. Um, do you know Rohani Basir? Have you heard that name before? Can't say I have. Okay, she's the 43-year-old woman who stabbed um, a young woman in Shoppers Drug Mart in the path. And she had her court case, uh, her final case in November, and they actually found that she was not criminally responsible because she's schizophrenic. So they said she's not criminally responsible for her actions. So now they have to figure out kind of what to do with her, um, which I find very interesting. Okay. It's just funny that they highlight in the news incidences of, you know, where mental health is involved. Um, They've been, as I said, I've been following this story for a couple of years now. They've been featured in Toronto Life. It was in the Star. It was kind of all over the place during the time that it happened. And now the big uproar is that um, after stabbing this woman, she's considered, because of her mental illness, not currently responsible. So they have to kind of figure out where to put her. Um, I think she currently resides at CAMH. Um, I didn't even know they held people um, that had criminal pasts at CAMH, so that was interesting to read about. Um, But I don't know. Should she be held criminally responsible? I think a a jury of her peers has said she shouldn't be, so, I mean, that's not the question. I'm I'm not... Like, I mean, this thing... thing, thing, Things like this has, have happened in the past. I mean, I don't know if you remember the uh, the Greyhound um, incident with, uh, with, I think his name was Vince Lee or something like that, mm-hmm. um, where he wasn't, he was listed as not criminally, criminally, criminally responsible for, like, decapitating a dude. Um, so, I mean, things like this happen. I mean, if you're saying someone's not criminally responsible, they're not criminally responsible. Um, the next step is to, you know, get them help an institution figure figure things out i mean I, I don't know i don't know enough about schizophrenia or any either human psychology to even know what what the next step is i mean clearly she's been in you just said she's been at cam h um no, yeah they, so, they're keeping I mean, her right so, now I mean, at cam I mean, h that, i mean that right now in that situation she is not a danger to society so i mean that 
right now in, 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 in the in the immediate future, I mean that they they're doing what's necessary. I mean uh we don't know what was going on with her during that period of time and it's been deemed that she is not responsible. So I mean, we gotta yeah, deal with she that. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't. We gotta deal with it. Like live with it. I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Things like this happen all, all the time. I mean, um, I don't know. There was incidents. I don't know who it was, but there was one in, in BC where um, a, a gentleman shot his landlord. I mean, and he was he was, he was not criminally responsible. Was he schizophrenic? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was not medicated at the time. And it was funny, her family is very um, religious. Um, they're, I can't remember what culture they come from. It's one of the Indian cultures. But they were very religious, and they didn't believe in the whole concept of medication. Um, and if you look at like just the history of schizophrenia, um, which I, I kind of read a little bit about recently, prior to the 20th century, it was seen as something that God gave you as a punishment um, and that the devil, you know, was somehow involved. I mean, you're looking at that from one religious perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christianity, okay. for sure. Okay. I, so, I, 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 didn't, I just want you to clarify. Yeah. I mean, and hey, I mean, we also thought the earth was flat. We thought that... Um, there's a period where black people were thought as an inferior. I mean, so there's things that we've thought throughout human history and evolution that at a later date we recognize that they're just not correct. So once we recognize they're not correct, um, once we start to rectify them, it, we, we get to look back and say that was really dumb, what we used to believe in. So, um, I mean, we've come a long way. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't sit back and really, you know, I don't know what the word is. Maybe like, I want to make, is demify a word? Um, demonize. Demonize. There we go. Demon. I want to demonize people. <laughs> demify. 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 It didn't even sound right in my mind. That's called neoglogism. De- 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 <laughs> see, you're being condescending. Um, demonize uh, people for their thoughts and their actions um, in the past. If they are, if they're somewhat logical, like that is a logical thought that the devil absolutely if you look at the time period of the people of of like the whole por- people like we ancient think ancient times we, we yeah. communicate that that's how no we as people we, we communicate we think and we've grown over time to the point where we can communicate at a at the highest of levels today but go back 100 years 1000 years 2000 years 5000 years come on let's be real like that at that period of time that was logical thinking if you don't fit the norms you're a sorcerer you're a sorcerer you're a witch you're whatever like that it it may not be so politically correct to say that but i mean that was that was a logical point of way of thinking at that point in time and it's still it's still for some people a logical way of thinking it's in the bible like there was a, a a verse that i read from um first samuel (laughs) and it was about um saul saying that god had taken his spirit out of him and put the devil in him and that david had to play a harp to um soothe and calm him so even in the bible there's references to schizophrenia and treatment of schizophrenia i don't know you're referencing a book that was written over 
two thousand years ago that people still and, reference. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're referencing something that was written two thousand years ago. Understand? It's two thousand years, three years ago. Logic. That, that's all. That's all I'm trying to point out. Hmm. And for those who don't know what schizophrenia is, it's a chronic mental illness that is related to your thinking and your behavior and your actions. So it can be very challenging for people who have it and their families. Uh, I was reading something that said that one in every hundred people get schizophrenia in their lifetime. That's not, it's only 1% of the population that gets it, but it's one in every hundred. That's a pretty, that's, that's a fairly That's hot. the same, that's the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Onika is not a mathematician anymore. I went to Kumon, but I'm not a mathematician. 1% of the population or 1 out of 100? 1 out of 100. Same thing. You're like, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? No, but then there's facts that say that if you have um, schizophrenia in your family, either like a close relative, like a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, etc., um, you're 10% more likely to get it. And in twins, it's 40 to 65%. Your twin is likely to get it. I actually read a book a long time ago, and I'm reading it again right now, called, um, oh shoot, what's it called? Um, I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb. And in it, the brother, the one brother is schizophrenic and the other brother is not. And it's kind of his journey uh, through his past, his family's past and his past about going through having this brother with schizophrenia and having to take care of him, you know, having to be there for him and accept him for exactly who he is with all of his challenges. Because he was, I don't think in the book he's medicated, but it's been years since I've read it. But I I thought I'd pick it up again and, and read it one more time. But it's just really interesting when there's a family member that has schizophrenia and you know what's the family to do you know what are they how are they how can they help i don't even before you get into that i think that we you from my understanding schizophrenia is is just a broad term to describe um i think four or five other Subtypes, or is that does that like yeah? Is that, is, that, is, that um, the, that, is that historical? Is that no? That's now? true. It's um. There are several forms of schizophrenia. So there's catatonic schizophrenia, which has to do with movement and catatonia, where you're not either you're moving way too much or you're not moving at all. Um, then there's paranoid schizophrenia, which is what most people tend to have, where you think someone's out to get you. Or, you know, someone's after you, be it aliens or someone in in society or someone you know. Um, Then there's, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Like, there's kind of like one called like undefined schizophrenia, where you have symptoms of the different types of schizophrenia, but they haven't exactly diagnosed you with what you have. And then there's residual schizophrenia, which most schizophrenics get because regardless of whether they're medicated or not, they exhibit symptoms of schizophrenia throughout their life. So it's like residual symptoms. Sure. I mean, I can't confirm or deny that. I also thought there was one for like childhood, but I'm not sure if that's, that's the case. And I also heard there was, um, well, someone's mentioned schizoaffective disorder and I know that's part of it as well. So I don't know where those, those, those actually lie in, 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 in the list of, of, of sub subtypes. 
With childhood schizophrenia, it's usually diagnosed before the age of 12, but it's not very, very common. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that's not what I was saying. I'm saying that I was talking about there's different subtypes of schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So regardless of if it's common or not, it's still a subtype. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not sure where, where that... Mm-hmm. Where you went with that? No, I was just I was just making mention that um, oh, okay. though it is a subtype, it's not a very common um, form of schizophrenia. Not as common as the ones that I listed before. And schizoaffective, from what I understand of that, and I could be wrong because I've I've met someone in hospital who has schizoaffective, and they tried to explain it to me, and their explanation was you hear voices, command voices, but instead of listening to what they tell you to do, you just kind of ignore them. And you just you try to kind of blank them out, but they're still constantly always there. So it's kind of a I don't want to say lesser form of schizophrenia, but it's a milder form of schizophrenia. Whoa, I'm not really into defining mild, medium, and hot. Sorry, <laughs> mild, medium, and hot. Nope, not about that. Not about that life. Um, I don't know. So I mean, schizophrenia. I mean, so. Back to the original like thing we were talking about, not criminally responsible. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, you're not criminally responsible. What do you do? What do you do with someone like that? Because I mean, there's there was a big, um, not a big, but there was a mild or moderate out outburst or a bit of outrage, outcry, outcry outrage when um, um, the the Vince Lee guy was um, was was being allowed to leave the hospital unescorted. Well, it's it's said that when you are medicated and you're doing, you know, psychotherapy and like you can live a normal, healthy life. So though this person did something absolutely horrible, they weren't in their right mind when they did it. And now with a proper treatment, they are in their right mind. So should they not be allowed to, you know, if they stay on their medication, if they if they get specialty care, you know, if they're if they're more balanced than they were when they weren't medicated or they were suffering more from the schizophrenic symptoms, shouldn't they be allowed to, you know, reintegrate into society? I that's not something that I can a question that I can answer. I don't know enough about how medicate if you miss one dose of medication do you immediately slip back into a state where you 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 are no longer in control like there's a bunch of questions that you'd have to answer before you can kind of really give give a definitive answer on whether or not you're okay with something like this mm-hmm. you also have to look at okay you're also looking at is, is it greater good or are you looking at the family that that might have had someone taken away from them how do they mm-hmm. feel um how does it affect them or are you only looking at the greater good of society like what I don't know. It's, 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 it's a really deep question. I mean, cause if you're asking me if someone hurt someone in my family, would I want them to be, to be punished for it? Absolutely. And now if you're saying that this person is now, they weren't criminally responsible when they were committing the act, but they're responsible now. Can we hold them criminally responsible for that act now? Like there's a bunch of things that if I was, if mm-hmm. I was, if I was affected directly, mm-hmm. I, 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 the way I would feel, but then as someone who right now is not directly affected, I have to look at it and say, okay, this person wasn't responsible during the act. Um, they've gone through our criminal justice system. Um, 
we 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 value our criminal justice system here and when someone is found guilty of something they're guilty when they're found not not guilty they're not guilty when they're found not criminally responsible well they're not criminally responsible so through our justice system they you know they don't need to be sent to a prison but is this person mentally well well if you're using mental health as a way to get out of being criminally responsible now you need to be maybe you need to be monitored for your mental health for the rest of your your your, your living your living uh, life i don't know if that's something that needs to happen well it probably does because you need you'll need to see doctors but i don't know if it'll be, yeah. need to be monitored from a um a standpoint of like institutionalization inst- like in being institutionalized in, 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 being institutionalized or being monitored by by the courts like it, you weren't criminally responsible, so you're not going to be on like a probation, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, um, now you're in a hospital. As soon as the doctors say this person is no longer a a a a, a risk to themselves or society, as long as they follow this protocol and this regimen, and the person's following that protocol and this regimen, from a doctor and a medical perspective, they shouldn't be in this institution. So, if they shouldn't be in that institution. Well, the, the only place is to be in society because they weren't criminally responsible for what they did. Like so, like just using logic as a, a person that's not directly affected. Well, you, you know, they've got to go back into society, be integrated back into society. Now, if you have family pressures that, like we spoke about with, I guess with this case where there's they they don't believe in um, medication and, and such for this type of um, illness. Uh, illness uh, then we also have to look at okay, if this person goes back into society, who's going to be looking out for their best interests? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, but it's still tough because they weren't criminally responsible. So there's it's 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 one of those situations where it's you, a, it's, 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 it's a trick. Tough. <laughs> it's tough. So I mean, do you lock? Away, are there are there have there been people that have been successful that have lived? Um, productive lives with one of the variants of schizophrenia i'm pretty sure if it's one percent of the population i don't hear about things happening every day um or interactions like i interact with more than 100 people a week mm-hmm. and you know nothing no, no harm has come to me so and i'm pretty sure maybe one of those person has had schizophrenia they, they so you know i don't know it's, it's it's tough to say i mean if you want to look at if we believe in rehabilitation and recovery then integrating someone back into society is the thing to do. If we don't believe about in rehabilitation and recovering, we believe in you know locking our problems away and without and throwing away the key. Then you institutionalize someone for the rest of their life. It, it's, yeah. it's one of the two, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I I have to agree with you. Like logically, it it makes sense to be reintegrated into society as long as you have the support that you need when you're you know you're out. Um, you know, people serve prison sentences and like every day, and they come out every day from serving their time, and they are allowed to reintegrate back into society. It makes it challenging to get jobs or housing or any of those things. But you know, if they have family support, then they could possibly make it work. You know, when you look at someone like our our previous guest, Jesse, um, he had schizophrenia and he had been suffering it almost lifelong. And he's on a medical regimen that allows him to become a peer support worker, you know, deal with day to day stresses. Um, you know, he's, he's come off the drugs that he previously was on as a teenager to ensure that, you know, psychotic episodes don't happen, you know, and he he grew up in a space where 
the people around him, his mother, his father, his sister, were very supportive of him during the time he was going through his episodes. So when you have that level of support that like Jesse had, you can see how being able to live with schizophrenia is a lot easier. But without that support, what are you going to do? Absolutely. Um, I agree with you there. What are you going to do? I don't know. Uh, can you hold the family criminally responsible? <laughs> I wish you could. When I think of the Bissar, um, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name right. B-E-I-S-A-R. Um, when I think of that, that case and the family just completely ignoring their daughter's mental health. She was 43 when this happened. You know, so she'd probably been living with this, and they say onset for schizophrenia is between 16 and 30, um, 16 and 30 years old. So she'd probably been living with this for a while, you know, and they did, they did nothing. All they could say was that she was a very good girl and she worked very hard. And that was their only response to the media when the media asked them, like, did you know, like, did you see this coming? Did you see signs? Was there anything that you could recognize in her that would lead you to believe she could do something, you know, so terrible? And they didn't have an answer. They didn't, according to the the, uh, Toronto Life article I read, they didn't have an answer. They just simply said she was a very good girl. And maybe she was. I mean, you can't, you can't. Maybe they there maybe there weren't signs. You never know. I don't. I don't know the case. I have no idea whether she was she had schizophrenia for years or this was just later. I don't know any of the details. But um, do you know the details? I do. She had schizophrenia for years since she was a in her early teens. She had gone to school. She had a sister, and the sister was very successful. And she always felt she needed to be as successful as the sister. So she went to school, did her schooling. Um, During that time, she experienced hallucinations and delusions as well. Um, And she would jump from job to job, um, probably because of some of like the negative symptoms that that go along with with schizophrenia, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, But she would skip from job to job, kind of pretending she knew what she was doing when she didn't. she did experience a period of hospitalization at one point, but then she was released into the care of her family. Um, she had a boyfriend, from what I recall, and he, too, was trying to get her to get some help. And in the process of trying to get her to get some help, she was you know, having these hallucinations and these delusions that she should hurt someone. So she walked out of her front door one morning, went to the shopper's drug mart, and it, it's, it's, they have the videotape of this. They showed the videotape. She stabbed um, this woman named Rosemary Jerner and um, just... Watch, watch out. And um, I think when they tried to interview her, she was just in a, a catatonic state. You know, so she had the symptoms. She had the, the signs were there. You know, they were, there was things that could have been done to prevent this tragic incident from happening. But who was there to support her? You know, her family was nece- wasn't necessarily there for her. They didn't believe in schizophrenia. You know, they didn't believe in its existence and that something was wrong with her. I'm not saying ignorance is an excuse. Uh, yeah, it never is. And but if you don't know, they didn't. They, I don't know. I I, I don't want. I don't. I don't. From what I read, I don't. I don't want to. I I don't. I'm not trying to judge anybody. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I I mean I've seen situations where you know family members are in, are in need and. Um, you know, people are people decide that Western medicine is not the best course of action. Like, I mean, you're sitting here today, and you need to remember that for a period of time that your family thought that 
you know, take a the, pray the, 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 the religious, <laughs> the religious and side was the best course of action, not mm-hmm. Western medicine. So, I mean, you know, you've experienced this yourself where, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I don't want to, I, you, you just can't just, it just, just, just because your incidents of mania weren't as drastic or dramatic as, as the, those of this particular uh, woman, um, I mean, I hope keep that energy if you're t- when you're when you about her family when you, and talk about your own that way. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I just sometimes your family does like they're so close to you that they they're they're blinded by 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 certain things, and or or they knew you when you were a child. and They're like someone like that. They're, they were so, so bright. They, bright. They how could this how could this happen? It doesn't make sense. And they and they're just they might be in shock. Um, so I'm just saying, keep that energy. No, I would have the same energy talking about my family. And if they're listening, they know it because I, you know, I remember my family trying to give me an intervention with religious people from their church thinking that they could pray the cray away. You know, I remember times like that, you know, my mom still prays for my mental health every day and I appreciate her for it. But, you know, modern medicine is more what I need than, you know, ancient prayers um for my mental health and that's the case for most people's mental health like with um schizophrenia you're experiencing hallucinations delusions um you know disorganized thinking there's so many different factors and so many different signs and according to when you're diagnosing schizophrenia you have to have at least one month of three of the symptoms so that's hallucinations delusions disorganized thinking and uh move catatonia just like kind of movement issues um and it has to present also for six months like constant persistent you know symptoms and they're treating the symptoms because they don't know the cause of it nobody knows the cause of schizophrenia Mm-hmm. similar to bipolar like nobody knows where it comes from we know it's a chemical imbalance we know all that stuff but and we know it's related to genes and your environment but no one knows what specifically is the cause so to not know the cause and to try to find a cure is very very challenging which i know you've touched on with mental health stuff before you know so it's no different for schizophrenics or schizoph- people suffering from schizophrenia. I don't want to use the word schizophrenic because it kind of puts them in a box. But people suffering from schizophrenia, you know, uh, there's no difference there. They don't. They don't know. They just know how to s- stall the the symptoms. That's what the medication does. It gets rid of the hallucinations. It get ri- gets rid of the delusions. But other things like, you know, emotional flatness, where you show no emotion when you're talking or in your tone. Or, you know, your disorganized thinking that that doesn't it doesn't stop those parts. So those are kind of the residual effects that you're dealing with once you're medicated from the illness. I don't know. I was doing a little reading and it said it, it, one of the things it's, it noted was that there's a there's a possible link to drug use. Yes. Um, and that's something that's common that I keep I keep hearing with regards to um people on the show mm-hmm. um people I, I meet where, where now that i'm now that i do this show people seem to like be more willing to have certain conversations, conversations with, with, with me and it's it's kind of cool um a lot of times it's it's kind of like i didn't even 
hey, how, where, why Whoa. Are we, why are we <laughs> men, okay, cool, we'll have this conversation. That's cool, I'm down. But uh, one thing I'm noticing is that um, the, the common trend is that there's a lot of uh, drug use. Um, drug use from the big early, early years, like teen years, teen years, um, preteen years, finding that it numbs pain, it numbs, it just numbs you to life, um, mm-hmm. wanting to escape. And then over, over years, cause I guess during the develop during those years, it's, you're really, you're really developing your mind and your body and everything. And you, so a lot of those drugs, I guess, may suppress that, delay things, speed up things, whatever the drugs do. Um, it, they seem to play a huge role in, in mental health. So maybe, maybe we need to get back on that. Kids don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're opening up, we're saying, you know, marijuana is socially acceptable here in Canada now. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that, but you shouldn't be smoking pot if you're under like 21, really. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause that could, you're, you're adding to different, different feelings. I know like you might feel anxiety you and you might, blow that through the roof by just smoking a little pot like that's that so i mean maybe we should start looking at we know that something in common with mental health is drug use yes excessive drug use so maybe we need to that's maybe one of the causes maybe introducing things into our body Uh, we shouldn't introduce foreign substances into our body that you know aren't recommended by a doctor (laughs) not I don't. I'm. I'm not going to speak on doctors' behalf or something like that. But just okay. like um, we should introduce substances that are, are are detrimental to our bodies until we can, we're fully adults or grown and and can really, I guess, process those those things. And maybe that could, maybe that will help. With um, Jesse, he was saying he started at a very young age, like grade eleven, I think, is what I remember him saying. And he started with um, a little weed, a little hash, then it turned into a. Uh, cocaine um lsd and uh uh e ecstasy ecstasy that's 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 a lot to mess with your body with right so you're you're messing with the chemical like a lot of drugs you know mess with the chemicals in your body either playing with dopamine and 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 whatever other things i I just know that word i know neurotransmitter (laughs) (laughs) related neurotransmitters related to dopamine (laughs) yeah that's Uh, that's the that's the brain structure and the chemistry yeah but i mean like so you're playing with that i mean playing with your i mean okay when you when you work out physically right like and you and you go lift weights and stuff you build muscle mass and you change change your body you know when you stretch and do yoga you you gain flexibility your body tightens up you 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 you, your body changes in different ways so clearly if you're doing drugs and you're messing with your brain chemistry you're messing with your brain chemistry Mm -hmm. um and i mean just like if you gain you know 100 pounds of muscle and you lose it your skin's flappy after <laughs> um you know if you go and do maybe when you go and do all those drugs at such a young age and you mess with your brain chemistry your brain you know has a hard time putting things back together mm-hmm. well uh, something i read said that it, it can start even from the womb um you know things happening during childbirth you know the brain being shooken up and um, also things like malnutrition in your environment or disease or viruses can lead to the onset of schizophrenia. So it's not just, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things um, that they're kind of, I feel like they're kind of guessing at to see. But it's, it's common across all the boards that I kind of read. It was common across the board that um, your environment is, is key. Um, I'm going to, I was thinking of... Um, <clears throat> 
Who was it? Daryl Hammond. Sorry, Daryl Hammond. I was re- I was trying to find like where they're famous people in the world that like went through schizophrenia, like what you know what their experience was like. And Daryl mm-hmm. Hammond is the comedian on SNL that played uh, Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. So he had a a very abusive uh, mother. So he grew up in an abusive situation, and he feels that was a contributing factor to his diagnosis of schizophrenia in his early, uh, I think it was early 30s. Um, yeah, so he he is he suffered from schizophrenia basically his whole life. He's about 55 or 60 now, but it's um, there are so many people that I, I, I read up on. Van Gogh apparently was a schizophrenic. Didn't know that with all the work that he did, all the body of work that he's done and how famous he is. You just don't see people who are in the spotlight as people having these issues, but they do. Mm-hmm. They do go through mental health challenges and they have serious issues like schizophrenia. And I don't know. I just so many people. Um, I read it was Zelda Fitzgerald, uh, the guy who wrote The Great Gatsby, F. Scott Fitzgerald. His mm-hmm. wife was schizophrenic. She used to exhibit um, signs of hallucination and delusions um, during their marriage. She was very paranoid. Um, that he was having affairs, which he was. <laughs> so that was fair. He was having affairs, but she was very paranoid about it in the end, um, and she died. And, and going back to Van Gogh, he actually shot himself uh, in the chest with a revolver. Um, not a lot of people, from what I read, there's maybe only 5 or 6% of people that commit suicide because of schizophrenia, but about 20% of people try. And I feel that that's because they've gone untreated. A lot of people who have schizophrenia don't even know they have schizophrenia because the early onset of it is going is happening, as you said, during um, their teen years when they're developing. You know, so maybe they're withdrawn from their friends or they don't have good grades at school or, you know, they start using drugs. That's typical teenage stuff that Mm -hmm. someone might not contribute to a mental health illness until far later on but they're experiencing these these uh these symptoms earlier on and there are several treatment options um that i read about for schizophrenia one is obviously medication antipsychotics okay what else um hospitalization was one okay um and then there was uh psychosocial treatments um so Things like cognitive behavioral therapy and psychotherapy for patients along, like in conjunction with their medication uh, mm-hmm. is key for that to work. Um, and also teaching them about vocational courses and um, just life skills because they're having these issues during a time when they're supposed to be learning life skills. So let's say between 16 and 35. They're supposed to be out there learning, going to school, um, picking up vocations and training, um, learning how to work in an office setting, let's say, or any kind of setting. It doesn't have to be office setting, but learning to work in an environment with other people and communicate and react to other people. And that's stalled in them. That's not there for them. So if we have an opportunity to teach them, you know, more vocational courses and also, um, you know, help them develop their social skills, that could be a, a great benefit to people with schizophrenia. But what about finding jobs that fit not necessarily jobs, but things that already fit their uh, their skill set. That's depending on if they have a skill set. Everyone's got a skill set. They might not know what theirs is because they've been going through this uh, 
this journey of schizophrenia for so long. They might not. This is, that's the kind of the whole point, trying to figure out what they can do mm. and putting them in positions where they can actually do it. But I mean, everyone has a fundamental skill set that like um, they usually develop over time. But there's usually something that you like, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Is there? I don't. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm. Or am I just? You're, you're just am assume, I, I think you're just assuming am that. I, am I assuming something from a person that grew up in the West and yeah. just never had to like think yeah. about anything? Like everything yeah. got handed to me. Like if I'm thinking yeah. like that, like I, oh, absolutely okay. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, not, you're a spoiled Westerner. You're because think about it. Think about it. If something like this starts at the age of 16, yeah. Even Jesse said he barely graduated high school. Yeah, he had to take some Spanish class, and the woman felt sorry for him, and he he graduated. But he never went on to post secondary education because he wasn't. And it's not because he wasn't able to. I think it's because not able, like financially able to. I think he came from a good family, but I think it's because of everything that was going on with the drug use, the schizophrenia. Like he found his way eventually because now he's a peer support worker. We talked about that last week. So that's a, a great job for someone with schizophrenia who's treated and having a, you know, a period of recovery to do. But it took time. You know, it took a lot of time to get there and a lot of help to get there. Mm-hmm. And not to take away from that at all, uh, but, you know, you, you finished high school, you, you have a skill set. There's, cert- there's certain... There's certain jobs out there that that's all they look for, mm-hmm. right? So you do have a skill set. I guess it's a matter of having the family system around you, like which we talked about earlier, to kind of help you and position you to for success. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's things that you can do with a high school education um, where you can have a, a great, um, a great fulfilling, career, life. fulfilling life and career. And there's there's... There's things that you can go to college or university for and also have a fulfilling life. But there's sometimes those aren't necessarily for you. Mm-hmm. And some people shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that just because you have schizophrenia that you should li- you should be limited. I'm just saying that there's there's sometimes there's opportunities um, when you that you could that you may, maybe you, you might not have seen unless you have the, the, a group of people that are around you that, that a really team care. a team yeah a team having a team is very important they talked about the act teams the assertive community treatment teams working with them you know having a social worker a psychologist a, a psychiatrist you know all of these elements are very important to the growth of someone who has schizophrenia you know not only it's not just about taking your medication and hoping you're going to be okay because it takes time to figure out which medications work best with you and the biggest problem with a lot of people with mental health issues not just schizophrenics is that they'll often take their medication have a period of wellness feel like they're okay and they'll stop taking their medications it's been known to happen with me many a times that's why i have an act team to support me but this often happens with people with schizophrenia the voice go away they think they're okay and they stop taking their medication Hmm. so there's that challenge you know overcoming that challenge letting them know you know having you know a sense of awareness that listen you know drugs cause me to be a way you know a certain way this medication causes me to feel better i should be taking this medication every day lifelong you know with period periods of testing to ensure that it's actually working but some people don't see it that way. A lot of people don't see it that way. What are you going to do? Mandate that once you've been diagnosed with some sort of mental illness that you have to, um, you know, 
go to the doctor, make it mandated that you must seek help? Like, is that the, is that where, is that where we're no, going? No, no, absolutely okay. not. Where I was going with it is that you have to kind of advocate for yourself. Like, you have to make sure you're doing the things that you need to do to stay healthy. Like, it's it's about you know being determined to be in a better place than you are. But haven't we just discussed that there's people in different spaces, different places, and sometimes you might even be in denial or you might not be ready to accept your your mental illness because how long did it take you to really truly accept? Seven years. Okay, so, I mean, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But we know that on 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 the scale that seven years is is one of the one of the dots on the on the mm-hmm. uh, when we're plotting this this uh, journey. Yeah, when we're plotting this curve, this bell curve, we know that seven you know seven years is one of the dots. We don't know if it's at the beginning, and we don't know if it's in the middle. We don't know if it's at the end. Like we have no idea. But it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a dot on there, and that's a long time. It is. I I found like once I got to my thirties. I started recognizing, okay, Onika, you're like really fucking up with your mental health here. You got to do something about this. You can't keep living this way every year in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. Like, this is not a good look. So, like, around the age of 30 is when I kind of reached my, like, point of, you know, realization. And I don't know if that's the case for people with uh, schizophrenia. Uh, I know they do. I, I would hope, sorry, that they do reach some kind of realization that medication and psychotherapy and community involvement and family involvement and family education is very important to getting them to where they need to be. Because that's another thing that, that's key, educating families. If Miss um, Basir's family was educated on her mental health, you know, and on her, her diagnosis of schizophrenia, you know, had had there not been a, a long wait period for the diagnosis and they'd understood what was going on with their daughter, then perhaps she could have gotten the help she needed a lot sooner and a lot earlier. You know, so family education is, is one of the factors, I think, in the recovery of, you know, someone suffering from schizophrenia. I don't know. I don't I don't really know enough. All I know is from what I've, I've briefly read from from Jesse and uh what we see in the media and in the movies and stuff. And I don't know. Um, it's a tough condition. Mm-hmm. Um, back to like the original conversation about cr- being criminally responsible. Um, if you're not criminally responsible, then I'd ultimately, the goal is to integrate you back into society. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. And uh, whatever needs to be done to do that, safely needs to be done and um i think maybe we have to look at building support systems so more you know just make awareness educate families um about you know moving away from this notion that and the notion that mental illness is uh religious based Mm mm-hmm um, and look at it more as medical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think, to answer your original question, I think the ultimate goal is to, if someone is deemed not criminally responsible um, for their actions, then the goal is to ultimately integrate them back into society. Mm-hmm. Before we sign off, I want to talk about a couple of myths surrounding uh, schizophrenia. Um Number one 
It is not multiple personality disorder. It's not the same thing. Um, people often mistake because of the whole Jekyll and Hyde storytelling storyline that um, people with schizophrenia have split personalities. They don't. Um, schizo does mean split. It's a Greek word uh, in Frenna's mind. It's a loss of reality, a split from reality, not um, a different personality in it, that you you know person that you become. Um, so that's one of the myths surrounding schizophrenia that is very common today. And um, another one, though we did talk about Rohini Basir today, um, is that most schizophrenics are violent. Um, in actuality, they are not. They're more of a danger to themselves um, than they are to others. I worry about this because I, I have a friend um, that I know who is schizophrenic and they're untreated. And I'm, I will admit freely that when I see them in their condition, I'm on pins and needles myself thinking, are they going to get violent? Is something going to happen to me? Are they going to do something? Um, but you know, that's just our own personal biases and fears. Uh, so for the most part, they are, are not, are not violent people. But, um, if you are, if you do know someone who is suffering from schizophrenia, the best thing to do is to get them some help. Um, do whatever you need to do, take whatever measures you need to take to get them the help that they need. Um, contacting the police if you need to, uh, you know, calling 911 or getting them to a local hospital for proper treatment and diagnosis would be great. Um, also realizing that their hallucinations and delusions to them are real. Um, they're really happening in their minds. Um, they're, they're a real, construct of a reality that they they have and it's important to be respectful of that of what they're going through um and just talking about it too having a conversation about schizophrenia and mental health is key so as i said if you do know someone with schizophrenia getting them help is key we've talked about the myths we've talked about should we got wow we talked about a lot today actually related to schizophrenia um i think we had a great conversation so with that said i'm going to end the show um that has been the dish of the day jr please let them know how they can reach us yeah most definitely you can reach us at dish d-y-s-h at daintydish.com that's d-a-i-n-t-y-d-y-s-h uh you can check onika out on her website onikadainty.com uh, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five and deserve five. Thank you so much and subscribe. If you're listening to us on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, thank you so much. Uh, that is it for me. Um, I want you to have a wonderful week. And Onika, anything else? Like I said, that has been the dish of the day, and I hope you all have yourselves a very, very, very happy hump day. <laughs>